This is something that has been on the wish list of bicycle advocates for years. We call it the safety stop. Because that's the safest stop, the kind of stop where you don't have to stop if there's no need to. And if you have to stop for safety, you stop. This music kind of does get the groove going, doesn't it? The bike talk theme. It has like a early 80s, late 70s Moog, kind mm -hmm. of Korg Poly 6 sound to it or something. Early synth. Well, welcome to Bike Talk on KPFK live stream. We are on Zoom these days. It's been a year now because of COVID. And uh, my name's Don Ward and we got our co-host... Nick Richard, and we have a number of guests today. Uh, Dave Snyder from Calbike, who we always love to have on, and Melanie Curry, who we also love to have on. She's a writer for Streets Blog California. And then we have a couple of uh, guests, Gabriella and we have Grace. We're going to talk to Dave about um, some legislation that Calbike is working on the safety stop bill, AB122. And uh, Dave's going to talk to us about it. It's basically the Idaho stop sign law, but for California. Am I kind of in the ballpark there, Dave? Don, I, know, I don't know if you can see, but we also have Assemblymember Laura Freeman just joined us. I, oh, this is, I didn't see this that. Is, okay. Wow. Now we're really talking. Assemblymember Laura Freeman, welcome to the show as well. Hey, and I just thought I'd drop in and say hi. One of my we love favorite, it. favorite podcasts. <laughs> I love how we um, we let ourselves get buttered up like that. <laughs> um, so are you Hi. also familiar with AB122? Is that something that you're working on with CalBike or is this not hit your desk yet? Or you are? The I am not working on it with CalBike. I believe Tasha Berner Horvath is the author of the bill. But I, as I chair transportation now in the assembly, I will be seeing it in my committee soon. And we have uh, been looking at the bill and also looking at some of the research around the country from other states that allow it and talking to just some of uh, all the stakeholders to see what we can do to hopefully move it forward. Okay. All right, Dave, you want to um, give us the lowdown? Hi, hi. How are you doing, assembly member? Good to see you guys. Yeah, likewise. Congrats on your appointment to the Transportation Committee. Thank you. It is very exciting for me. And as you know, we're working on all kinds of really cool safety things and active transportation laws, and it's going to take a while to, to get it all going, but I am going to do everything I can to make our streets safer for all users of the road. That is my one of my main goals, that and trying to get more funding to mass transit and more mass transit projects moving faster across the state and you know, all with an eye towards making everything more sustainable and less car centric in our state. Yeah. We can all unmute for the applause there if you want. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> the golf clap, yeah. But I, I just came to say hi, so I'm just going to, I'm here to listen, actually. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, uh, Cal Bike is working on AB122, as you said, and um, Dave's going to give us the lowdown on this. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. 
So we are grateful to Assembly Member Tasha Borner Horvath for introducing this. This is something that has been on the wish list of bicycle advocates for years. I can give you a quick three-minute executive summary of what we're trying to do. And let me start with a little bit of history about our streets and stop sign controls. It used to be that intersections didn't have stop signs. They didn't come with stop signs typically when they were built. It's only because enough people got hit by cars that the pedestrians uh, and the residents of the neighborhood insisted on stop signs to force people in cars to have to stop because when you're in a car, you can't see very well. If you can force people to stop, at least you can expect some better safety at the intersection if you're in a car. If there's no stop signs there, and there still are intersections in California where there are no stop signs, the rules are simple. You approach the intersection, you slow down, you look to see if there's any traffic coming. If there's already traffic in the intersection, they go first. If you come to the intersection at the same time as someone else, the person on the right goes first and you just slowly go through the intersection. That's normal and that's what people on bikes do all the time, even at stop sign controlled intersections. That's how we ride. It makes sense. Common sense, it's how everyone rides all the time. And the fact that, that we are forced by law to stop at stop signs because the vehicle code applies equally to bikes, you know, it's been in our craw. It's been in people who ride bikes. It's, it's been a, a, something that's bugged us for a long time. It's something that we have tried to change in the past and not succeeded at very well. I'm really glad to say that Americans who aren't who don't have black or brown skin are getting more aware of the threats and the danger and the insecurity that black and brown people have when they deal with police in the street. And because of that increased awareness, there is a greater interest in finding ways to get police out of uh, traffic enforcement, get police out of doing things that, that aren't uh, essential to uh, their mission and which set up some unnecessary interactions between people who are doing normal behaviors and nevertheless, the cops have an excuse to stop them. Rolling through a stop sign carefully and safely is one of those things that uh, shouldn't be illegal and sets up an unnecessary uh, interaction with police. So following Delaware, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Utah just recently, California now is considering a law that will allow people on bikes to yield at the uh, stop sign instead of uh, stop. We call it the safety stop because that's the safest stop, the kind of stop where you don't have to stop if there's no need to. And if you have to stop for safety, you stop. Sometimes I think we should also call it the take your turn bill because the law will be that you have to take your turn. And when you're on a bike and you approach the intersection, you can't take someone else's right of way. You've got to slow down and stop and slow down and take your turn and stop if necessary to do that. And of course, yield to uh, people on bikes. Uh, there's a bunch of different reasons to, to do this. That was, I mentioned one. Uh, another one is just the sheer idea of promoting bicycling on neighborhood streets. Anyone who's ridden a bike knows the value of maintaining your momentum through an intersection. I mean, sometimes people tell me, oh, come on, you can stop it. You're on, you're, a bike, you're on a bike. You're supposed to have muscles. You're supposed to be strong. Well, have you ever ridden home? 
late at night from a job when you're tired and you've got, it's a might only be two miles, but you don't feel like riding half a mile and you're not going to stop and start and stop and start and stop and start. You're tired. You want to go home. Have you ever ridden into the wind? Have you ever ridden with a bunch of, bunch of, uh, uh, you know, groceries on your, on your bike when you're tired? Uh, it, it is, uh, a burden to require people to have to stop at every single intersection. And if you're like me, you don't want to be on the fast streets with uh, traffic lights without the stop signs. You want to be on the quiet little side streets that have all the stop signs because that's where you feel safe and comfortable. Can I call on Gabrielle, who's raising her hand? Another uh, important factor is, as we're talking about safety, you know, if you're a woman riding on the streets, and you're riding at night or in the afternoon or whatever time of day, the less you have to stop at an intersection, the less you're exposing yourself to somebody getting your face, to somebody you. jumping you. And not just not just women, but anybody who's riding, you know, a lot of the assaults that take place are opportunities and they're opportunities because you stop, you lose your momentum and you're giving somebody an opportunity to, to jump you for your bike or for wh whatever else you have on you. Thank so you. the less it, you have it, to stop, the better, yeah. you know, the better. Yeah, it affects men as well in that way. Um, but thank you for bringing that up. That's important. The traffic safety is a, is a thing as well. There have been a few studies that have shown that safety has improved after the implementation of the safety stop. And there has been no study that has shown an increase in crashes at stop signs, nothing. There's no evidence this is worse. And there's some evidence that it's better. Uh, so there's no excuse for not doing this. There's really no excuse for not doing this. It makes so much sense. It's stupid to have laws that uh, nobody obeys and that uh, make life worse and more dangerous. Uh, so let's get rid of the laws that make life worse and no dangerous that nobody obeys. And that's what uh, we're hoping to get accomplished uh, next Monday in Assemblymember Laura Friedman's Transportation Committee, at least the first step. Now, uh, Laura, maybe you can uh, get us up to speed uh, for the transportation committee. Is there an opposition to this? To, do you think that would that would come out of this? Or I think in the past that some of the driving groups um, have been opposed, and I, I know that a highway patrol has been opposed in the past. I'm not sure if they're going to oppose this year. Uh, that's why we're trying to gather as much data as we can and work with Cal Bikes to gather data to show that this is been done in other places without, uh, you know, without the, to, sh to show the effects of, of what's been done. Um, so I don't know right now if there's any actual opposition on the bill. There might be. Uh, I, I, I just don't know yet. Dave might have a better sense of that than, than I. I. I don't know either, but I would expect the same opposition this time as last time. But uh, we're working. We're working with them as best we can. Um, the, um, the, 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 police departments in other states where they've implemented this law are totally fine with it. And we have testimony to that effect. So um, uh, I, I think, I think the, the CHP, when they think about the implications of this, uh, will understand that it's okay. What I don't hmm. understand is why does the CHP oppose it? They're, tra they're monitoring the freeways and, you know, not on the street. They're on the freeways. Local local police departments are on the streets. Bikes yeah, that's, for the most part, and and that's definitely true for streets with stop signs. But the CHP do control all state highways, and highways include 
you know, things like, uh, you know, the coastal Pacific coast highway, you know, that's a state, that's a state route, for example. Um, and so, and, and they also, um, in the legislature are considered to represent law enforcement in general, um, which is why we're working hard to get some other law enforcement agencies to, uh, you know, come out and we probably won't get an agency to come out and support, but we can get police officers to come out and support of the bill. Cause they understand they don't want to, you know, have to give someone a ticket for running a stop sign, you know, when it's totally safe and okay on a bike, they don't want to do that. I would think one of the major selling points is what you brought up, which is that you're encouraging bicycle traffic to be off of the main streets. I can think of one example in Los Angeles where it's like third street is a speedway. And I personally hate riding my bike on that street, but one block up fourth street, which is filled with stop signs, which discourages cut through traffic is great for me. And yeah, I basically roll through every stop sign and pretty much every bike rider I see on that street does the same. And we're basically rolling maybe slightly faster than a California stop and it's totally safe, you know? Um, so I would think that would be a selling point. Melanie, raise your hand. Yeah, I was, I was going to say with some of the um, objections that we hear are from drivers right, who have in their mind that it's just fair. This applies to all vehicles. If people in cars have to stop then people on bikes have to stop. And I mean, if you're a driver and you have never ridden your bike, you probably really don't get a sense of what it's like to, um, it's not so much the stopping, it's the going again after the stop and what a big energy suck that is. I always think to myself, I mean, I've had people say to me, why don't you stop when I'm slowing down at a stop sign? And I always want to tell them, like, get on a bike and five minutes after you're on a bike, you will completely understand because it's a matter of energy. And, you know, I was looking up on Wikipedia about the Idaho stop and I was very surprised to see um, a link to an article I wrote years ago in a past life with a... um, a physicist who studied that energy cost and the <laughs> the cost to a bicyclist of stopping at every stop sign on he used he compared two streets in Berkeley one um, California Street which is a bikeway which has a lot of stop signs and one Sacramento which is a fast um, two you know two lanes of fast traffic but no stop signs and the energy cost was completely different for bikes that had to stop. So it's, it's, an, it's not a subtlety, but it is lost a lot of times on drivers who think it's just a stop sign, just stop and go, no big deal. So that's something to um, address, I think, to, to keep reminding people of that energy cost. It's one Grace? of the questions. Um, yeah, the, um, one, you're right. I, I use toe clips and getting started with toe clips is like the most dangerous part of my bike ride. I've fallen over so many times and I'm an experienced rider. And when I'm carrying a week's worth of groceries, that's just really hard until I got my e-bike. It was just really hard and it's hilly. But as long as Friedman is here, 
like we got to talk about service workers who are leaving work at the end after restaurants and bars close. Like over here in Manhattan Beach, in downtown Manhattan Beach, the restaurants and bars before COVID would close like sometimes at 2 a.m. And, the, and there's no bus service then. So these Latino workers who cannot afford to live anywhere near Manhattan Beach, they have to ride home to Compton in the dark. And if and we refuse to give them safe protected bike lanes on the arterials. So then they have to bike home through residential streets, which are much hillier because the arterials are graded to three or 4%. But like we have 13% hills over here in the beach cities and they're riding on 13% grade, exhausted after a session. And then to top it all off, if you read next door, you see how many people are upset and worried and, and warning their neighbors about a dark person riding their bike and stopping in their neighborhood. It is not safe for them. And then some of them, a lot of them were riding Rosecrans Avenue in on the northern end of Manhattan Beach. And in one month last fall, two were killed and one was badly maimed and will never, his life will never be the same. Laura, so, as long as you're here, I really want you to help them. Help with the law? Is that what you're wanting me to help with? <laughs> Sorry. We have one, help with the law about the stop signs and two, force cities to build protected networks that are safe at 2 a.m. For because- Well, these, these, are, these are absolutely priorities of mine. And I'm, you know, that's, that's why I'm here uh, with all of you because we have, the same goals and priorities. I'm working on a bill that um, actually will help, we hope, link bike infrastructure together so that municipalities work together to create bike highways and more usable bike routes that aren't just sort of throwaway kind of back street routes, but actually meant for commuters and meant to, to truly connect people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the safety part is definitely something that's very important to me. And one of my highest priority bills, which I called AB 43, because I have the 43rd district, so that gives you an idea of how important it is to me, uh, is all about vision zero and traffic safety, um, really with an eye towards trying to center uh, pedestrians and cyclists in the equation. Now, the law enforcement uh, uh, part of all of this and making sure that streets are safe, not just from traffic, but from uh, the effects of people who don't feel safe from law enforcement is something that's probably be a little beyond the scope of, of these kinds of traffic rules. But, but as Dave brought up, definitely something to think about and reducing those interactions is also a good goal. I, I will just say one thing, which I think that one of the, the hesitations that some of the I'd say I call them the driving community or the non-cycling community. One of the, the fears they have about the bill is that in their mind, they're picturing sort of your Saturday morning spandex wearing uh, kind of uh, adrenaline pumped uh, street racer types, you know, whizzing through neighborhoods and whizzing through stop signs in a dangerous way. So one thing that I, I think we all need to do is to, you know, kind of constantly remind people that you know, number one, that's certainly not all cyclists and a lot of the people that are cycling to work, that is definitely not them. And secondly, that cyclists also that we all do need to, you know, assuming this law passes, you know, we have to be responsible and show that we can do this safely. Uh, and that's something that, you know, we need to take on ourselves that we, you know, that we won't be a- aggressive with it, when it comes to, you know, doing things that endanger ourselves or, or endanger other people. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's, you know, something that happens all the time, but I, when I talk to people who are worried about these kinds of laws, that's what they bring up right. more than anything. 
But that'd yeah. still be against the, this law, though. That would still be against this law. Uh, how that would be enforced, I think, is something that law enforcement's concerned about. But Berkeley, I believe, has an ordinance already that really does that. It just says that cyclists can do what's safe, but if they drive, if they ride in an aggressive way, they can be ticketed. Or if they're sort of, you know, barreling through pedestrians in a dangerous way, they can be ticketed. And I think that's the right way. I don't think it's hard to look at somebody and say, yeah, that person just like actually made people jump off the sidewalk or that person's going faster than even the traffic speed limit's allowed to do. Uh, and, you know, cutting cars off and, you know, sort of giving a warning ticket maybe to start is a way that you could do that kind of enforcement. But I ride my bike to the Capitol in Sacramento all the time, and they have that kind of a law when it comes to sidewalks. I mean, their law says you can ride on the sidewalk if you don't feel safe riding in the street. And uh, it makes me feel better because there are times where I get on the sidewalk because it's really wide and there's no pedestrians. And a few of the streets I take have uh, trolleys on them. And sometimes the trolley tracks can be a bit of a hazard to my bicycle wheels. So it's just not as safe. And I know that I'm not going to get a ticket for that. And that's a good feeling. And I don't see people abusing it. I really don't. Um, so I think that there are ways of, of um, you know, just being reasonable about the rules and reminding, you know, I always remind drivers that the streets, most streets have not been engineered for bicycles. They're really engineered to cars in so many ways. And so you can't expect someone on a bicycle to endanger themselves by riding in a substandard bike lane that's dangerous or sloped or filled with trash um, or being in traffic where it's not safe if there's a, a sidewalk that's open. And people just need to be you know, we, we need to, to remember that. And then we need to get back to engineering our streets for all uses of the road and, and decentering uh, the free flow of automobiles a bit from the conversation and saying that that's fine when it's safe for everybody else too, but it's more important to protect um, the safety of other users of, of the streets and the sidewalks. And that I was a really think... long answer. I can't even remember your question now. I'm really sorry about well, that. I, I, have another, I have another thing when we were talking about um, the fairness issue of bicyclists um, going through stop signs and how drivers feel it's unfair. And speaking as both a bicycle rider and a physicist, I have a PhD in it. And we, this is the kind of thing we, we talk about, about uh, um, around the dinner table about perfect uh, inelastic collisions between different masses. And- Yeah, strange dinner table. Yeah, me too. <laughs> right. And, and you know, like, it, even if you're standing perfectly still, if you get hit by an SUV going 50 miles per hour, you're going to fly several hundred feet or, you know, like, sometimes you're going to fly like a football length if it's a perfectly elastic collision. I mean, just, just do the kinematics calculation. But what I'm saying is, if you want to talk about fairness, make the fine with, with momentum, which is just mass times velocity. A bicycle rolling through a stop sign at, at three miles per hour is completely different than an SUV rolling through at three miles per hour. Yeah, absolutely. And I would absolutely. think that the that the proposed law would have a speed component. Like you could say you can't do an Idaho stop at faster than 10 miles an hour. And that could maybe be used as a chip to negotiate with the... You could, you know, the police will say that they would have a hard time enforcing that. They don't, they don't like um, laws that say you have to slow down to a certain speed in order to be safe if you name the speed specifically because it's hard to enforce. And I, I respect that. And, and, you know, I also want to say 
that I respect the demand for fairness by motorists, uh, really. I mean, and sure, we could go off about the how the whole system is unfair and, and, and all that. But in terms of interaction at an intersection, I think that fairness is, is reasonable to expect. And what this is, what this law will do is account for fairness and make sure that people are fair. You have to yield, right? You come to the intersection, you have to yield, you have to take your turn and you have to be fair. We decided to call the bill the safety stop because we wanted to emphasize safety because it is about safety. That is the most important thing. And we didn't want to call it the Idaho stop because, you know, Idaho, it's not California. Uh, the contender for the name of the bill is the take your turn bill. And assembly member, I'm curious, you know, with your, the voices that you hear from the non-cycling community, give us some advice on, on the sort of shorthand nickname for this bill. Uh, safety stop, take your turn. What do you think? I definitely think emphasizing that this will make things safer. I, I honestly believe that the people that are the organized opposition that have been the organized opposition in the past are doing so because they do believe that this will increase collisions. They're, they're concerned about that. They're concerned that it will be less safe. So I think emphasizing the safety and then showing whatever data there is to show that it doesn't make people less safe and that there's some evidence that if the bikes can get through that intersection faster, it will reduce collisions ultimately. And mm -hmm. that forcing them to go through a, an intersection very, very slowly means that they don't even have the physical ability to get out of the way of a car that might be running a stop sign, for instance, that there are some, some real reasons why there are some trade-offs here. Um, uh, so I, I think that showing that this is not about, um, it's not about people not wanting to sort of do the pedaling work. Like, I mean, I get that and I think it's true and discouraging, but I think what's going to resonate with the opposition is really just that this will make things safer for everybody because when it comes to highway patrol and, you know, others of these organizations that they, they, they don't want to see more collisions. I mean, you know, really at the end of the day, I, I don't think that they're, you know, just mean people who don't like bikes. I think they honestly want to not do something that they think will unleash chaos or put people in more danger and not give them the ability to, um, you know, to enforce, you know, I think that there's some, maybe some worries about liability of some, if there's a collision kind of figuring out who's at fault you know, they might have concerns about that. I haven't heard that from them, but I could see that as a concern. But I believe that the way the bill is written is that you have to yield. You know, it basically, the turn for a cyclist, it would turn the stop signs into yield signs. And so they would use the same sort of legal standards where you can get a ticket for not yielding too, right? If you are in a car and you barge in and you don't yield to someone, you could conceivably get a ticket for that. So you would still have the ability, I think, to enforce on, cyclists that are abusing this uh, and that aren't yielding, but it just will change the, uh, the, uh, you know, the standards a little. Right. Right. Is that your understanding too, Dave? Now I haven't seen the bill yet in committee. So, you know, just it, it, keep in it's, mind it's, it's, it's that we really haven't simple. had a discussion. It, it, we haven't had a full discussion yet. And I, I haven't directly heard from the opposition either. I, I think my staff has, but until they're in the committee voicing their concerns, I, it's hard for me to know what, right. what they're going to say. Right. Yeah, it's a simple bill. You have to yield uh, instead of stop. It's it's not complicated at all. Gabriella had her, had her hand. Uh, so this is for Assembly Member Friedman. So I um, live in Southeast Los Angeles. And, you know, I think that a lot of the activism and the voices that we hear tend to be from the west side, from downtown. I don't know that, that we have a lot of people from working class communities, you know, like Southeast LA, Bell Gardens, Cudahy, 
Bell, Maywood, Linwood, Southgate, Downey, you know, this area out here. Um, I live across the street from Rio Hondo uh, River from the bikeway. And that meets up with the LA River. And that's a direct line that goes through, you know, San Gabriel, Montebello, Pico Rivera, all the way down to Long Beach. And to the west of us, we have Compton, um, which has, you know, and, and beyond that, South LA. Um, to the east of us, we would have, you know, like Santa Fe Springs, um, Cerritos, you know, that area, Whittier. So we're kind of, we're surrounded by, by four freeways in this area, the five, the 105, the uh, 605, and the 710. So we are, we, we are a highly trafficked area. And, mm-hmm. you know, since the pandemic started, I have <coughs> noticed that a lot of families in my neighborhood, and I'm telling you this because I live, I've lived in this particular spot for going on six years, and I live across the street from, from Ford Park, and that links up to the LA, to the Rio Hondo bikeway. And I have noticed that so many families, individuals, kids, young kids, teenagers, they're all riding. And we're very lucky in Bell, in Bell Gardens, that we have like our major thoroughfares are their shared bike lanes. Um, there's no barrier, there aren't any barriers, but for years they've been shared bike lanes. You know, we have the, the sharrows painted and everything, but still there are a lot of new riders in all parts of LA, in all parts of the state, you have a lot of people that have taken up cycling and they don't know how to ride in traffic. They don't know how to safely ride on a sidewalk. They ride against traffic. They ride against traffic on the sidewalks. They, you know, they, they simply don't know. And so my concern is, you know, we're, we have a lot more people. Yes, we want to build the infrastructure, but I think that we also need to educate people. Mm-hmm. And my concern is that we don't have any funding for that. At least I've never seen a major campaign of, you know, to, to teach people best practices. Um, nothing on TV, nothing on the radio, um, no bus ads, no bus shelter ads, none of that to, to really educate people and to make it, I think that it would help drivers as well because the more you see that type of signage, it doesn't just help the cyclists. It helps the drivers too, to understand how we're supposed to relate to each other on the road. And so, yes, it's great that we build the bike lanes and people will come, but they need to know how to do that safely. And I think that's a huge problem, especially in my community. You know, I I live between Firestone Boulevard and Florence off of Garfield, major thoroughfares. And, you know, people have very limited options in this area where to ride safely. If if I'm trying to get from, from my part of town to downtown LA, I have to go through Vernon down, you know, downy road, you know, with all those semis, and there's really no, no safe direct pathway to, unless I have to go all the way around, you know, to, to Montebello. So, I mean, I think it's great. Yes. That, that, that we're, we want to work on that and we want to work on these laws and all of that, but I think we really need to educate people, educate people how to ride safely. So, so they don't end up on the wrong streets or getting killed. Isn't that your job, Dave? Yeah, I want to jump in because I love this. Um, there are, there is education. There's, there are groups out there that are teaching people, and they get um, grants. But you're right. We, it would be great if there was a lot more money and attention put on this. Um, in your area, Active San Gabriel Valley has classes for free. Active SGV is like over in El Monte. That's quite a ways away from us. I'm, I'm talking, you know. 
Huntington Park, Maywood, Cudahy, Bell, Southgate, Bell Gardens. Are you um, so you know, I think South, it's great South feedback. <laughs> it's, it's great feedback, and this is why having people who uh, having a lot of different voices in this conversation and having riders uh, in the conversation is so important because this is the first time since I've been transportation chair that someone has given the feedback about using more education uh, for safety when it comes to bicycles. You know, I've certainly heard that for on the traffic side but I haven't heard it so much on the cyclist side. So that is really great feedback that I'm going to bring back with me to Sacramento and just start talking a little bit about what we can do to help from our end. But, you know, I just want to make the point that yes, we do want to educate cyclists, but I think it needs to be a campaign that is visible to drivers as well. You know, if we're talking about billboards, yes. we're talking about, you know, radio ads, whatever, that on that massive scale, because you can do little, you know, bike workshops. There are a lot of great organizations, a lot of bike groups that do their own workshops, but I think it has to be more on a, on a, on a massive scale for everyone to benefit from it. And yeah, I hear you. That I we hear all you. belong on the road. Well, There's that's the other thing is when you do things like that and you educate the drivers as well. That's one of the things I like about Sheros. Some people are critical of Sheros, but I know when we painted them in Glendale and I was riding my bike a lot, um, I had I, I, I was on the city council and we started putting Sheros in. And I remember I had at least one email, probably more, where people wrote me wrote to me and said, does this mean that bikes are allowed on the street now? Mm -hmm. Like I got that feedback from a lot of people that they'd say, you know, I saw this mark and now, you know, I'm really upset that you guys are letting bikes on the street. And they actually didn't know that bikes were allowed on the street. So having those kinds of that infrastructure and having things like that educates everybody, everyone who's using the road. So shouldn't Cheryl's be on every street? Maybe. Uh, it, it, I don't know that they're worth the expense to put them on every street, quite honestly, but I think even having them on some, and it gave me the opportunity to write those people back and email them and say, actually, the bikes are allowed on every single street. And they were like, really? Yeah, they're allowed on every single street except for the highway. So but that points uh, out another problem that is connected to this education question, which is that um, driver's education for teenagers is like forget it the kids aren't getting it in schools and um like like we used to a eh, when i was a kid and um you can get your driver's license if you're 18 without ever having taken a class at all as long as you can wow. pass the test that's a serious problem um i know calbike has done a lot of work to get like um questions on the test that relate to bikes but that's not the same as having a really robust Driver's education, maybe the name needs to change because it's not just drivers. Driver's education for all users of the road. Everybody needs to understand the rules of the road and nobody is getting that in any context right now. It just doesn't exist. Yeah, Grace? I would like it to be called um, like mobility studies or something like that, where we could talk about bicycle safety, pedestrian safety, car safety. And we can also talk about taking, teaching kids how to ride transit and taking a car last instead of a car first approach. Because I used to be a scientist and I used to like measure weather and climate and air pollution. And like the bike is staring at us. Bicycles and buses are like the tools that we have that are gonna save us. They're gonna save the planet, they're gonna save us, but we, shouldn't call it driver training we should call it mobility training 
Yeah. Okay. Real quick, we're gonna we're gonna let Laura Friedman go. Thank you, everybody. Thank her. Great to see you all. I have to go and do some family stuff. So yeah. have a great night, everybody. Thank Bye. you so much for coming on. We love having you on. Wow, that was cool. Good. We have a good transportation committee chair. Yes. Yeah. Uh, totally. Totally. I know Laura Friedman when I first uh, met her. I guess we got her support for bike lanes on the Hyperion Bridge, which was a big deal a few years ago. And it was, she was kind of sticking her neck out too, because there was a lot of opposition in uh, the government to that. So that was, that was when we first uh, understood that she's all about it and real. So we're really happy to have her. Right, yeah, she's going to help position. us a lot. You know, I wanted to touch on the education thing for a minute. Um, the Office of Traffic Safety spends federal safety money about 80 million dollars a year and most of their and it's all education actually it's not that's not infrastructure it's all education and promotion uh they uh give a lot of grants to police departments to do things like um drunk driving stings uh, and they give uh some money to police departments to work with local bicycle advocacy organizations to do bicycle safety education they do a lot of their own marketing statewide on safety stuff. Let me just say they are open to doing a lot better. Let me put it that way. Um, they've talked to us and they say, you know, we know that that there's a lot of innovative stuff that we could do that we're not doing. Uh, you know, we're in this sort of expl exploration phase, uh, help us figure out what, what we can do better. And so we're gonna work with them over the course of this year and hopefully by January of next year, it's a long way away, but by January of next year, you know, make a proposal for spending a, you know, a, few, a few good million bucks on, on the kind of stuff you're talking about, Gabriella, uh, that will actually get the attention of motorists, you know? Because you need, exactly. you need things that are like, the kind of smack people in the face, to be honest, and, and, as, and, as, and as sort of pleasant a way as possible so they hear you, uh, that say like, you're gonna get stuck behind a bike. You're gonna get stuck behind a bike. That's, that's the reality of the situation, you know? Right, just give, give, just give us an extra two seconds and we'll be out just, of your way. Exactly. exactly. Right, like it's that's a that's, chill pill, man. Just relax. Yeah, uh, I like so, the. Uh, there's an Australian uh, bicycle coalition that has been doing some really great ads, including one where uh, the message is "Slow down, other people make mistakes," yeah. and they show a driver basically speeding down a corridor, and mm -hmm. a guy and his kid mistakenly mistime you know the the speeding driver and uh they you know yeah. they get smashed and the driver it, it's really cool I, I should link it in the uh in the podcast uh when we upload it but it's it's a really cool ad so but yeah i mean i think you know bike education isn't just for bike people it's it's for for people on four wheels you know um I think they need to, to really learn how to, what it means to share the road. Both, both this, sides need the, to learn what that means. The, the sad reality is that the car industry spends about 13 or $14 billion mm -hmm. educating Americans every <clears throat> year that cars should be you know, king of the top road. priority, king of the road. All the commercials that they put out show the car speeding in an urban environment and there's never a, another car around it's just never the one another car. car there's no never danger there's no other car <laughs> yeah 
or if there are pedestrians they'll do like the audi commercial where they show like a soccer mom racing through a crowd to drop her daughter off at soccer soccer practice and they flash like rally car races um you know in and out like encouraging soccer moms to drive like a rally car racer through crowds it's crazy unless they're promoting their their automatic braking system you know (laughs) i guess i mean right overall you know most people don't have the automatic braking system or whatever it's still incredibly dangerous and rude for a driver to speed through a pedestrianized area so and and they, they this is seen as cool this is they're spending billions of dollars to make this cool. So yeah. it's like, it's nice that the federal government's putting in a few million, but we're up against like North Korean level propaganda from the automotive my, industry. My, my only, I guess, consolation is that, you know, a lot of folks who are primarily drivers that have been stuck at home for a year have discovered the bike. And so I think that they are now, you know, seeing the world through a cycle's eyes you know, and, and, you know, yeah, you gotta I mean, be, thank- of gotta be thankful for that. <laughs> in an ideal world, we would want the driver's education to include some time riding a bicycle sure. on streets. Although I know that's not possible for everybody, but yeah. Yeah. The experience definitely <laughs> educates you. Training videos for bus drivers where they put them on, um, uh, standstill bikes what are those things called where you're just stationary bikes thank you (laughs) stationary bikes (laughs) and they drive the bus right next to them just so they can experience what that feels like none of i've seen that yeah it's great yeah that's a good one they need to do that to metro drivers in los angeles because some of those drivers are just horrific people yeah we would get some uh you know talk radio callers calling in to complain about bikes and that i i keep telling nick this we We gotta get yeah we gotta get some opposition on here i keep telling nick we need to seek out like uh national motorist association figures and get them on here and and, uh (coughs) get them calling in or whatever but uh dave you want you want practice with like fielding hostile uh speakers yeah yeah you, uh, we could we could totally it on. come on we could simulate radio, that radio radio shows are listened to by people who listen to am radio in their cars right like i've i've had the pleasure of being on john and ken which are total anti-bike right-wing shock jocks here in la and uh it's quite a roller coaster ride to to box it out with the with people like that what a profile it can can be done it can be done you can find right-wing talking points that they agree with and i think one with this idaho or the whatever we're going to call it the idaho stop no i that that, that's how i'm glad to hear that she liked that name what 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 was the name that she preferred safety stop safety stop okay safety stop it's uh i think that can be sold to car culture people or safety yield or the safety stop. yield yeah safety i like safety yield, yield because i think safety stop is a little misleading because it implies that you have to stop right um i think safety yield is might work a little better more accurate yeah gabrielle i just randomly 
invited you on here to talk about the ride you're starting and you turns see out what you did <laughs> you invited gabby on that's why they call me gabby <laughs> gabriella um do you uh ever ride with the east side riders bike club i have ridden with east side riders uh out of el sereno i have ridden with east side bike club in watts i have ridden with i ride off and on with montebello bicycle coalition um, at one point, I was organizing rides for Downey Bicycle Coalition, and then, um, I don't know, I kind of dropped the groups and just kind of started riding on my own. I discovered Art Crash, which is still the number one thing that I miss during this whole pandemic was Art Crash. Carolyn Cure. Carolyn yes. Cure, yes. Great and ride, great ride. That's probably my most favorite ride of all. Is it, like a, is it like a monthly ride or something? Uh, it's monthly-ish. Um, essentially, Carolyn organizes rides around days when bike galleries have their opening nights. And so we will visit several art galleries. And oftentimes the artists are there and there's, you know, wine and cheese. and Awesome. Art In Southeast LA? No, no, no. That ride leaves from LACMA, from Urban Lights. And typically it goes to the west side and then uh, to downtown in Chinatown. But yeah, no, we don't have anything like that out here in, in Southeast LA, um, which is why I, I kind of started uh, my, my own couple little bike groups. Uh, the first one, if I can talk about that now, if that's appropriate now. Um, I think so. Okay, so um, I started a bike group called LA Explorers Bike Group. And I was kind of inspired by, the LA Explorers, it's a, um, I think it's a blog or a, a article, I think it's a blog, um, where because of the pandemic, they curated these rides essentially, uh, like a tour of downtown LA with a historical twist. And they use ride GPS for the turn by turn. Um, I believe that that particular ride was curated by the Chicano Studies Department at UCLA. And so the entire ride, you know, you go to different stops in downtown LA. We visited the, um, the LA State Historic Park to learn about the, the San Camadre, which is, you know, the main aqueduct that we had. And, and so it was, it was really interesting. I, I was really inspired by that. And then I saw they have another ride uh, through Santa Monica that explores the history of Santa Monica through Arcadia Bandini, who was the great benefactor to Santa Monica. And it's just interesting because you, you know, you know the city of Arcadia, but it's Arcadia, uh, named after Arcadia Bandini, as in Bandini Boulevard. And um, so it's just, it's really interesting because you get to learn so much where all these names come from and who the people are behind these names and, and what they've done for, for the cities. And so that kind of inspired me. So I, I'm trying to organize rides to just different parts of town and so on Sunday, I have uh, our first group ride. Um, basically, it's my own little tour of downtown LA and just hitting some of the interesting spots, uh, stopping at, you know, Les Bookstore and, and all the, the, the hit spots in downtown, the Bradbury, Grand Central Market. And I'm so glad that things are opening up again. So hopefully it'll, it'll be a better experience in downtown on a Sunday. Cool. Well, I hope it takes off. Or, I mean, sometimes yeah. sometimes just a few people is all you need. Exactly. 
Exactly. We have one from Griffith Park to McLeod's Ale House on March 27th. So. Ooh, I might have to go to that one. On yeah. Meetup. It's on Meetup LA Explorer, Explorers Bike Group uh, on Meetup. And yeah, we're meeting at the merry-go-round, one o'clock. <laughs> Sweet. McLeod's right. is a great spot and it's right off the Orange Line bike path. Exactly. Exactly. So can somebody simulate a hostile caller to the, the, the bill? <laughs> like what? Get off the road. Okay. So somebody, so this is a radio show. Somebody calls in, they're opposed to the bill. What do they say? Well, I mean, there's, there's like crazy. You could be crazy. Did you want crazy Dave? No, I just want me. <laughs> okay. Who wants to, I feel like I could do it if I could keep a straight face. <laughs> this is the choir. Basically we're, we're not. Yeah. The opposition. Um, Dave, why do all you bike communists constantly try to get an advantage over motorists? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, biking is communism, right? Like, <laughs> that's what I've been told. What is what is it. communism to you? Communism's where everybody's like sharing everything, and we're supposed to share the road. And it's like, no, no, no. Oh, Roads yeah, are made no, for cars. No, Roads are made that's for cars. Biking. This isn't communism. That's not biking. Biking's not about sharing the road. Biking's not about sharing. Biking's about uh, you know going about not... business. You're by your own self under your own power. You just want to get out of people's way. You know, uh, it's very independent. Um, it's certainly not communist. I assure you. Uh, most people out there who are biking aren't. I see these signs that say share the road. That's a very communist thing. That's, that's, <laughs> that says communism to me. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, well. you know um, I, I don't like those signs very much um, because what those signs are really trying to say is don't be a homicidal maniac and run over uh, bike riders because uh, there are a few motorists. I'm sure you're not one of them, but there are a few motorists who, who just get angry when they see a bike and they... Uh, you know, use their car as a weapon. That those signs are meant to calm those people down, and I don't think they work that well, to be honest. So I'm not a huge fan of the share the road signs. I uh, would rather see uh, uh, places for people to bike that are protected from cars and out of the way of cars, so that uh, we don't have to to challenge each other. Like occasionally, like like Gabrielle was saying earlier, you know, like we need education so that motorists know that they might have to wait sometimes behind us, but it's only ever a few seconds, you know, really, uh, we don't want to be in your way. And if we are in your way, we're going to get out of your way as soon as we can. Uh, mm. if we're in your way, it's because we have to be because of safety and, uh, you know, maybe because the side street where we'd rather ride that has all the stop signs on it doesn't go through. Uh, and so we're on the main arterial and uh, as soon as we can get back on the side street, we'll do it, uh, provided that we don't have to come to a complete stop at every single intersection, because that's just too much, you know, it's, it's, it's not practical. I have to say, I am cringing a little bit of, at the notion of getting out of the way, because as, a, uh, as an LCI, I've been taught that we are to take the lane. And I've actually, you know, on, uh, I've, I've, I've taken a lane a lot and I've had that share the road sign actually used against me where a driver will pull up and be like, Hey, get out of the, you know, share the road, get out of the way, you know? And it's like, and, and my you know, trip, 
my trip isn't worth any less than your trip. And all you're doing is speeding up to a red light where I usually overtake you and get in front of you again and annoy the hell out of you. So and that's, that's a good point that you make, because I think that a lot of drivers tend when they, they interpret share the road as share the lane. Right. You know, they move over it, and then they interpret you're sharing it directly a 10 as, foot lane. Right, as share the lane. And sometimes you can when it's a wide lane and sometimes you can't. And if you can't, if I'm on a narrow lane and I'm moving over to the right, you're going to think that you can pass by me without hitting me. And that's not going to happen. So that's why I need to take the, the, the center of the lane. You know? And and I have to, you know, it's like, I don't know how this message could get to car drivers. It seems impossible. But when I drive a car... I drive, we talk about this all the time, I drive in a hyper mile uh, style of driving where I'm timing the lights and I'm trying not to come to a stop. Mm. And what ends up happening is a lot of times when I'm rolling and I, you know, driving and there's a cyclist in the road and I'm timing the light, I end up not actually overtaking the cyclist. Mm. I end up going at about the same speed and just hitting the green light and cruising through. And there, right. it's like, I wish there was some way to enlighten drivers to this because drivers will speed past me, whether I'm on a bike or driving, and then they'll jam on the brakes at the next red light. And it just seems like wasted energy, right. you know? It, you, yeah. So I, I don't know, my, was, my, my thing is, you know, like if there's two lanes going in the same direction, I'll ride in the middle of the right lane because yeah. guess what you have another lane you can go around you know so if i'm gonna have to force you to go around then i will but i you know i think it's all you know cooperation you know when when i get to a, to a stop sign to a stop light you know i'll i'll roll up in between the cars and i'll park myself you know right just in front of the crosswalk and i look at the car i look at the driver and you know as soon as the light turns green i move over towards the crosswalk and let them go by me you know, and by the time I, I get enough momentum to get to the next corner, everybody's already passed me by. So I think it's little strategies that, that you have to have. Like, I don't like to block, you know, at a stoplight, I don't like to block drivers that are trying to turn right because it just makes them mad to have to wait. So that's why I will be right in, in front, let that right lane open, let them go by, wave them by, let them go through so that they're not mad. As soon as light turns green, move over to the, to the right and let the other cars pass me by. And I think it's just, you know, a little bit of, of common sense cooperation. Yeah. Well, um, you know, thanks everybody for coming on the show. Um, we're looking forward to this law making its way through. So we're going to keep in touch with, with Dave and, and Melanie as this, as this thing kind of winds through the process. Um, yeah, I mean, the hard, the hard vote will be the assembly floor to be honest. I mean, we'll get out of Freeman's committee because she's the chair. Mm -hmm. um, but we need 40 votes in the assembly floor. And, and I, I could see in her face some disappointment when I told, when I said that I respect the same opposition as last time. And that bothered me. Um, but I do expect the same opposition as last time. And uh, we're going to do our best to, to quell that and, and work with the police and work with the uh, AA, but, uh, you know, the AAA, but it's a challenge and they're going to have influence on the floor. So we're going to need uh, everyone's 
uh, you know, engagement with their assembly members when it gets to the floor vote. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Dave. And thanks to Cal thank Bike for, for all you guys me. do. Yeah. Thanks, Gabby, Grace. Um, yeah, nice to meet you, Grace. Nice to meet you, nice to meet you Gabby. Good to meet you too. Um, thank Gabby, you for inviting me. Yes. If, if um, Dave, if you need a physicist to like do run calculations for you on relative dangers, I'm available. And okay. Gabby, could you put in the chat box your email address? Because I've been working up some um, Tim's the traffic injury mapping system. Mm -hmm. um, I've been looking at the LA County statistics and I want, and since I know the Southwest part of the County really well, I don't know the Southeast part of the County and I wanted your local knowledge to um, help me through um, parse what's happening over there. And can you yep, do that? Can is, you help me with that? That's right. My, I just put in my email there and yeah, this is, this is my hood. This is where I grew up. Yeah, and I'm like I'm also right, and and I've been looking at the Cal Enviro screen and over by Rio Hondo where you live. I was just looking at like you guys have like an environmental score of 100, meaning you're the top percentile of most pollution burdened census tracts in California. Yep, because we're surrounded by the five, the 605, the yeah, 105, exactly. and the 710. You we have get like a 99, that. you have like a 99 on traffic yeah. pollution. You have like a 97 on diesel or vice versa. Yeah. I can't remember, but it is just a shocking burden. And, and then people yeah. get off of a freeway and they're still in the freeway mentality. And then they, on your local streets. So I really want to chat with you yes. some more. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, I'm going to give you my email address. Well, we're, we're live on air. So just remember. Um, oh no! I'm putting it in the chat box. Cool. Yeah. All right, we're gonna um, close out the show because it's 7 p.m. But uh, we'll definitely keep the chat going and get you guys connected. And uh, once again, I want to thank uh, Dave and Melanie for coming on. And uh, you know, we know Cal Bike is doing the the work of the gods in California state and Melanie, thanks for all you do to, to keep us up to date with information on these political battles. So um, that's going to be it for, yeah. Thanks a lot, everybody. And uh, thank you so much for inviting us. We love it. Okay. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right, Nick. Chun. Toby and Janet, no greenhouse gas, a tiny carbon footprint up your ass. I'm on a motherfucking bike. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. Say hi to Penny. <laughs>